Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Looking forward to another foray into God's Word today. And uh, so appreciative that you would join us. Want to show you my mug today. This, this is one of my favorites for sure. This is a handmade Zockel um, masterpiece. See the uh, Maryland crab there on the front? Brent, Brent, Brent Zockel has a... Um, pottery business and he gave me this it says 19 so i guess 2019 brent that you gave this to me so thank you for my zockel pottery maryland crab cake mug and thank you for joining us friends we are in verse number five of second peter chapter number two so uh we're talking about these false teachers and peter is warning us he's warning us that even in good Bible-believing churches, we've got to keep the guard up because uh, there is persecution from without and there's persecution from within. Think about your own physical body. When you think about protecting yourself, uh, certainly you think about putting on warm clothes when you go out in the cold weather. You think about putting on sunblock uh, when you go out into the hot sun. Why? Because those things from the outside can hurt you. You think about uh, being protected when you go to a dark alley, making sure that you're protected. But you know there are also things that can hurt you from within. So that's why it's important to you know get the the appropriate tests. And I recently had some some a heart checkup. Make sure that I did the echocardiogram, and it showed showed me some things on the inside. Uh, to make sure that that was all okay as well. And my wife is happy to know that I do have a heart. She she was wondering if I had one, but I do have one and it's relatively healthy. So that's a good thing too. The point is this, that there are challenges to local bodies of believers that come from without and there are challenges that come from within. And Peter is dealing here with the challenge that comes from within, in and through the presence of false teachers. And he said, but their judgment is sure. And God knows it. God keeps score. God takes care of. God is faithful. Just like these angels uh, back in yesteryear that sinned against God, God dealt with that. And now the second illustration that uh, Peter uses is found in verse number five. If you'll look there, Second Peter chapter two and verse five. And the Bible says, and spared not the old world. So God, God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So as a second illustration that, you know, God's, Timing is right. And when it seems as if the whole world is wrong and truth is being trampled underfoot and God, it doesn't seem to, to be doing anything about it. All you have to do is look back to the old world, the, the what we call the, the antediluvian world, the world before the flood and see that God did deal with the wickedness of that world. Remember, the thoughts of their heart were only evil continually. That's the testimony of that world in Genesis chapter 6. 
And yet there was one man that found grace in the sight of the Lord, and that was Noah and Noah's family. So the vast majority of people had rejected God and were dead set on doing their own thing. And yet there was a faithful man and a faithful family in the midst of all of it whom God honored. So we might think the same thing today. We might think, well, Lord, it just seems like error is getting so much steam and it seems as if truth is is minimized in her impact and what's going on. Remember, even after God declared to Noah that the end was coming and that he needed to build an ark, there was still 120 years where God gave mercy and grace for Noah to plead with and to preach to God's people. There was a preacher of truth in the middle of all the lies. So it wasn't as if the people on earth didn't have an opportunity. It wasn't as if the truth was not available. It was that they rejected it and they rejected Noah. And we have to look at the same thing, that today it might seem what in the world is going on? And yet we have truth available to us and there are good stellar testimonies uh, that, of people that stand for that truth and proclaim it. And so we find a great Old Testament example for us to gain courage. And, and then the Bible says in verse number six, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. So there, there's a, a teaching for us that, that the Bible says that God overthrew those incredibly economically successful cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, Lot had chosen the well-watered plains towards Sodom. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were just uh, wildly successful economically. They were growing and, and all of those things. As a matter of fact, they had a fullness of bread uh, the prophet Ezekiel tells us. They were lifted up with pride. That was really their sin. That, that's why homosexuality and some of these other sins that we most readily think about when we think about Sodom, uh, that's why they were rampant. Because people just became more and more full of themselves. They had more and more idle time. That was the th th Those were the three sins of Sodom. Pride, idleness, fullness of bread. Uh, they had a good economy. They had too much time on their hand. Uh, they had more than they needed. And in that environment, they just began to implode on their own deviant lusts. Boy, is that not a little allegory of what our country has become here in the United States? And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that God overthrew them. Now, did that happen the day that, that these sins began to emerge? No. Did that happen the, the day that Lot moved into town? Of course not. No, it happened over time. Why? Because God was merciful to them. Jesus told his generation that the, the cities of Bethsaida and the city of Chorazon and the city of Capernaum, uh, they would be judged even more severely than Sodom and Gomorrah because they had a greater opportunity. They had the Son of God himself uh, that traveled through those cities and did miracles and they saw him and they rejected him. So unto whomsoever much is given shall be much required. And if we have the truth available to us, 
And we have great benefits to have the Bible and Bible study aids and, and prosperity and all the wonderful blessings of God available to us, then we have a much higher me measurement of potential judgment in our lives for rejecting those things. And Peter is careful to point this out, that Sodom and Gomorrah did not escape the judgment of God, even though in real time, when one lived there in those days, it may have seemed that way. Uh, I think uh, it's important too that Peter also references Lot. Uh, would you look at that in verse number, verse number seven, uh, where Peter says, "And delivered." So this is God now. God delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And then it says parenthetically, for that righteous man, talking about Lot, dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So I know what you're probably thinking. You're thinking, just Lot, righteous man. I mean, I've read the Old Testament. I've read the story of Lot. And I wouldn't describe him as a just man. Uh, I wouldn't describe him as a righteous man. And yet that's the way the Bible defines him. So in what sense was ju Lot just? And in what sense was Lot righteous? Because his story is a train wreck in the Bible. And his choices are kind of the, the poster child choices of what not to do. So how is Lot just and righteous? Well, I think in two, two respects. Number one... I think positionally before God, Lot knew God. Uh, Lot was the nephew of Abraham. He was well aware of the Abrahamic covenant. He had participated with Abraham in the settling of the land. Uh, he had gone to Egypt and come back. So Lot knew God. God he, knew, she, he knew the God of, of the Bible. He knew the God of Abraham. And so there's a sense in which Lot was, and I'm going to put it in a New Testament soteriological sense, there's a sense in which Lot was saved in that sense, that he knew, and God counted that for righteousness. So there's a positional righteousness, I think, to which the Bible refers here. But then the Bible is very careful to point out that Lot was vexed by what was happening all around him. He was vexed by the behavior of those men in Sodom. He sat there on the city council at the gate. No doubt in his heart of hearts, he wanted to see things changed and he didn't want things to go downhill the way that they were. And he didn't like seeing the sin that was in front of him. And yet because of his willingness to compromise, his willingness to put up with it, he lost his family because of it. All the while thinking, oh, this is so bad. I can't believe this. But he stayed there and he saw and he heard. He saw and he heard. I wonder how often we as believers, we, we see things that are wrong, maybe even in our entertainment choices. We see things that are wrong. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, that's so awful. We see it, we hear it, but we don't do anything about it. We don't do anything to remove ourselves from it. And inevitably we lose our families because of it. What a sober reminder. And keep in mind that all of this teaching is in the greater context of Peter warning us about false teachers, that God's going to deal with them. God knows. God knows. And so it's our job to be faithful 
It's our job to subscribe to the truth. It's our job not to be swayed by personalities and by crowds. It's our job to make sure that we keep our our eyes on Jesus. And it's God's job to sort the whole thing out. And we're seeing that with the angels that sinned. We're seeing that with the old world of Noah. And we're seeing that now thirdly with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Would you look at one last verse for today? Verse number eight, verse number nine rather, where the Bible says, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now I know that doesn't end the sentence, but we're going to end there for today to say that God knows. The Lord knows. The Lord knows how to deal with it. He knows when to deal with it. He knows the people with whom to deal. He knows all of it. And he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. I mean, how did he get Lot out of that mess? He had a plan, didn't he? Uh, How did he deal with that mess? He had a plan, didn't he? Uh, And God's always right and he's always on time and he's always in control. And as believers, we need to take a step back, look at history See how things worked out, not in real time, according to the way we would want them, but he always had them work out and we can always trust the God that works them out. Well, I hope that helps today. We're going to jump into verse number 10 next episode. Hope you'll continue to join us for the study. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.